Weight loss is a full-time obsession for the world. I don't know how many patients came into the office over the past few years, and the biggest thing that they're complaining about is their weight. And I get it. And we've beaten this horse into the ground about how we need to lose weight to get healthy. But I see that a lot of people are taking this in the wrong way. And In today's podcast, I'm going to go over the topic of why skinny doesn't necessarily equal to becoming healthy. And this is a a recording of a talk I did a few years ago. And I want you guys to listen to it and listen to what I have to say about that because there are some very interesting things that I talk about here. It should open your mind to looking at this idea that being skinny doesn't necessarily equal to healthy. All right, with that said, let's jump right in. My presentation today is entitled, Being Skinny Doesn't Necessarily Mean Being Healthy. A lot of people have this misconception that your weight equates to your health, or your health equates to your weight. That's not necessarily true, and you're going to see that in a moment. So what are we going to go through with this uh, this presentation? What I'm going to take you through of how we get sick, and a lot of times, what we think of sickness is we think of sickness as this very short-term kind of thing that happens. When you're going to see that it's total opposite. Why being skinny doesn't necessarily equate to being healthy. So there's another question for you guys is, if you look at a person, can you pretty much tell the state of health just by looking at them? You can't, right? It's, you know, and here's, here's an article that I found that, that talked about that. I want to read it to you, right? Without a clear warning signal, like, you know, being fat, doctors worry that thin people may be lulled into falsely assuming that because they're not overweight, they're healthy, right? Isn't that more dangerous is when you don't know that something's going on, that you're more likely to ignore it. This is just because someone is lean doesn't make them immune to diabetes or other risk factors such as heart disease. So just because you're skinny doesn't necessarily mean that your body's functioning at optimum. So here's some facts. These are biological facts. Every single cell in your body produces waste products. Okay? Every single waste product in your body is shifting your body's pH towards an acidic function. Your body doesn't naturally shift into an alkaline state, but that's where health lies, is in the state of alkalinity, or you know, slightly above neutral. Every single toxin that comes into your body or is produced by your body interferes with biochemical processes. Every single one. That's why your body has to get rid of it. If you take in something that's toxic, your body's trying to get rid of it. So what do you do? You vomit, you sneeze, you have diarrhea, you start sweating. It's a natural process of your body trying to get rid of it. But what happens when your body doesn't or is not able to? That's when we start running into issues. So an increase in toxicity increases oxidative damage. That basically means that we're speeding up your body rusting. How many of you would love to rust from the inside out? Nobody, right? But every single person who doesn't take an active form of care in their own health, that's what's happening on the, on the inside out without you seeing it. You know, a lot of healthcare practitioners, natural care practitioners, we're always taught these same things here. Let's just give people supplements, just keep, give people vitamins and minerals, 
put them on a detoxification program, tell them to go meditate, stand on their head, you know, get away from their wife or husband or whatever, decrease the amount of stress. We tell them to do all these things. But what's the underlying cause there? The underlying cause out of all of this that every single researcher out there, this is an undisputed fact, is altered pH. Altered pH, which is pretty huge. Your blood cannot deviate in its pH value. If it deviates even just slightly into acidic range, slightly into the alkaline range, you die. So your body tries to buffer these things so it stays in the narrow range. But isn't it true that we're constantly consuming things or breathing things or producing things that is shifting our body's pH into an acidic range? So your body's constantly fighting to keep it in that narrow range. But over time, if the body can't keep up with that, it'll start to break down. That's when you start getting a state of disease. If you guys don't get anything from this presentation, remember this one slide. This one slide will save your life. This is the one slide that I wish that I would have been shown years and years ago that would have saved my grandmother. Because this is how disease starts. Isn't it better to stop a fire from burning down your house rather than trying to put the fire out? So here's, here's I'm gonna take you guys through the whole path. Unfortunately, the most place we focus on is the disease state. We don't focus on the prior state. When does disease start forming? Anybody want to take a guess? When does disease start forming? Disease starts forming the moment of conception. If you guys don't believe me, ask any pregnant mom when they see their OB, why does their OB be so concerned about their nutrition? Don't smoke. Don't drink. Now, I, I say, hey, the guidelines that you were given by your OB for when you weren't even a human being out of the womb should be followed through the whole life. It's like, why do the rules that apply there not apply when you're a, a child, a teenager, an adult? Because everything, disease starts at the moment of conception. Your body is going through stress, and that's what causes everything. Everything starts with stress. At the moment of conception, you, you're being con exposed to all these different stressors. The one major stressor that every single baby will encounter is birth trauma. Okay, so that's another major stress. Now imagine you're going through your, you know, you're trying to walk and you fall down. The average child falls down about 3,000 times before they start learning how to walk. Imagine you walking around right now and falling 3,000 times. How stressful would that be? Now you're, you're trying to learn your world and you're getting yelled at and all this kind of stuff. You're growing up and you're putting all these junk foods in your body. What's happening is you're building up stress, building up stress. Now you get older, you got, you got more responsibilities. You're married, you got kids, you got bills, you got taxes. All of these things add up and they're cumulative into your body. You're adding stress and here's what happens. Stress affects your pancreas. That's the first organ it'll start to affect, your pancreas. Your pancreas is the one that secretes a couple things. One is to help you digest and the other one to balance out blood sugar. Isn't it true that the majority of people we see in the world suffers from diabetes, some type of blood sugar handling problem? It has nothing to do with blood sugar. It has everything to do with stress. So now when the pancreas can't secrete the proper amount of enzymes into the body, your body starts to go into acute metabolic acidosis because it's secreting the, the proper digestive enzymes into the small intestine. And then what happens is because you're living in a state of acidosis, these enzymes that are supposed to be in your intestines start getting destroyed leads to inflammation, which then leads to amino acid, acid deficiencies. If you don't have enough amino acids, you can't rebuild your tissues. Your heart's a tissue. Your lungs are tissues. Kidneys, they all need amino acids, but if you can't digest that and assimilate that, 
those organs start to break down. If you're in this constant state of inflammation, same thing. Now let's look at the adrenals. Your adrenal glands are those little glands that sit on top of your kidneys, and they secrete adrenaline. They secrete other things like uh, hormones that balance your blood sugar, hormones that balance out your minerals, and hormones that balance out your sex hormone. Testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, all of that stuff. The majority of the, the uh, women that I see in my practice have significant hormonal imbalance. One of the biggest things that I see in society is breast cancer. Breast cancer is nothing more than severe hormonal imbalance. All these things can be reversed if we start at the source, which is stress. So now you got your <coughs> adrenals that are stressing out. You increase inflammation. There are three major things that's going to happen. You're going to decrease in oxygen delivery to your tissues. The cells are going to start dying. And the nutrients that's, that's supposed to be, be delivered, it's not going to happen. And when all this happens, you leave your body open for infections. Now, one of the major causes of death for people who have cancer or people who have compromised immune systems are like flus, colds, all these things that naturally our body can fight off if we have a proper functioning immune system. But if we don't have a proper functioning immune system due to stress, then these organisms start ravaging your body. So again, your adrenals are your anti-stress gland, pancreas balancing your blood sugar. These two organs are the ones that your body needs to function properly. If you ever, hopefully this never happens to you guys, but if you ever go into the emergency room and you need emergent care, and you really need emergent care, it's not like you know your fingernail fell off or something like that, but you're like dying, there's two things that they're gonna do. They're gonna put you on saline, they're gonna put you a shot of epinephrine if you're not functioning properly. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to boost your adrenal gland function boost all the minerals that's supposed to be going in because of the pancreas. That's what the saline is doing. Saline is also doing another job. It's alkalizing your body because your body's going into metabolic acidosis. So now that's happening every single day. So if that's happening every single day, wouldn't it be safe to say that you need something to help you to balance out that acidosis? I always say, yeah. So here's what happens with, when you have too much of a city in your body, your body has to do something with it. So it creates all of these different fun things for you to deal with getting obese, plaquing of your arteries, getting kidney stones, even kidney failure. Because your body has to do something with the acidity. It can't keep it around. So it'll segment it off. It's kind of like the body's looking for, uh, you know, the, a storage unit. You got too much stuff in your own house and you got to take it out and store it somewhere else. So here's kind of like what stuff looks like. You have gout. Those are, those are kidney stones right there. That's your kidney and that's the stones on the inside. Now those stones are about the size of like... Uh, a little bigger than a pea. So imagine trying to urinate that out. So imagine trying to urinate one that has spikes out. You guys can picture that. These are gallstones. It's your gallbladder. This is what happens when your blood becomes acidic. Your arteries start plaquing. Do you know that, I think it's the latest statistic is 85% of the people that die of a heart attack have normal levels of cholesterol. Normal levels of cholesterol now. And they, a lot of them have about 50 to 65% blockage of their arteries with normal levels of cholesterol. So why would we say that high cholesterol is the culprit when 85% is dying from heart disease has normal cholesterol? The pharmaceutical industry has it all backwards. It has nothing to do with cholesterol. It has everything to do with the environment that the cholesterol is sitting in. That's all. If you, if you create an acidic environment and you have all these different other things, one is, another one is called homocysteine. Your arteries will start to plaque up. That's just what happens. That's just the byproduct of your body. Here's life in a nutshell. You go through stressors. We already uh, 
address that, your body adapts by you know, putting out different functions for your adrenals and your pancreas. You get an increase in acidity, which then shifts your body's biochemistry. Okay? Now your body has to work harder to balance out this shift and this swing of acidity and alkalinity, acidity and alkalinity. It's trying to balance that out. Then your blood sugar is going all haywire. So your body's playing this balancing act. Now, if, if you can't balance that out, you reach a state of disease. Only when you reach that state of disease is when your body starts to adapt. That's when you start to get what we call functional changes. That's, and over here is where symptoms lie, right after the body is adapted. Just because you don't feel something happening doesn't necessarily mean that it isn't there. People who develop cancers, it's not like yesterday they were cancer-free and this morning they looked in the mirror and all of a sudden they got infected with cancer. It's not like something like that. It's been taking years and years to develop. And then people think that it's going to take a month for their health to get back to normal. Absolutely not. you got to go back the path. you got to follow the yellow, yellow brick road back to the land of Oz. You don't understand this whole process. You only think here in the land of disease and body adaptation. So if you guys want to create disease, here's the formula. You create a body that has low oxygen availability, which basically means you don't move around. If you're not moving around, you're not getting any circulation. No circulation, no oxygen. You don't eat right, so you're malnourished, and your body's in a state of acidity. You got all four of those, I can guarantee you that you will get disease. What disease? I have no idea. Because all diseases, and I'll, and I'll shatter you guys' hopes and dreams, all diseases have the same cause. It's just a buildup of toxicity that ended up in a specific organ. That's all that it is. If it ended up in your kidneys, you got kidney disease. It doesn't matter what you call it. All that matters is that the toxins is the ones that dictate what's happening biochemically. My practice is in the middle of Orange County. I'm right across the street from Newport Beach, which is like the plastic surgery capital of the world. It's rare for me to have an obese person walk into my office. So what I started discovering is that almost 100% of all my patients that are coming, that are, they look like models or whatever, are unhealthy. We run panels on them, we can run all these different tests, and not one of them actually has a state of health. Here's the crazier thing. I have patients that come in that do, you look at them and you're like, needs to lose weight and we run panels on them metabolically they're in better states of health than the 6-3 model that walked in 10 minutes ago that started baffling me right and I know that baffles a lot of people so I started doing research into this and there's actually a term there's actually a medical diagnosis called metabolically obese normal weight so you can have a skinny fat person <laughs> That's like, in my opinion, that's worse because you have no idea what's going on. And if you guys ever watched the movie Backdraft, you guys remember Backdraft back in yeah. the day? Remember they were going through the house and they don't, they don't really know the extent of the fire until they open the door and this boom, this blast of fire comes rushing out of them. That's kind of like what happens when you are metabolically <clears throat> obese in normal weight. You have no idea what's going on until something tips it off now it's like, oh my gosh, I have every single disease under the sun. So a lot of these studies, what they've done is they've, they've looked at all these people and they've measured their, you know, just basic biochemical markers like blood sugar, cholesterol, um, their blood pressure and all this stuff. 
And these over two thirds of the people that they measured were considered metabolically obese, normal weight. The crazier thing is that when they went and measured all the people that were clinically obese, they had better markers. I always say, don't wait till something's wrong with you. Why wait? Because it costs a lot more. <clears throat> Towards the end stages of, of people's care, they're the average American is going to spend somewhere around $120,000 to $180,000 on end-stage care. <coughs> That's just to keep you alive. Your quality of life is down the tubes. So why spend all that amount of money in such a short period of time with such a low quality of life when you could have spread that out? I'd pay like $500 a month just to keep myself healthy. Most people spend more money on their cars than they do on their health. You know what really surprises me is that People spend more money on their homes than they do on their own health, their own bodies. Your body is where you live. That should be the place that you spend the most money. Because unlike a home, you can get a new home. You can't get a new body. And once that starts going down the hill, now you become a prisoner to your own body. If you don't like the home that you're living in, you can move. If you don't like the body that you're living in, I'm sorry, but you're stuck with that. But you could have done something to alleviate that. I went searching in all of these different journals. Now, these aren't like somebody's blog posts. These are bonafide journals, American Journal of uh, American Medical Association, um, the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. All these journals are publishing things on people that have normal weight, but their markers are totally off the scale. To me, that kind of scares me because it, it's hard to know that something's going on when you don't have symptoms, right? It's hard. Why not take that proactive approach and just say, you know what? I know this is going on whether I have symptoms or whether I don't. So I'm just going to take a proactive approach and just remain at a state of optimal health. I read this line, this headline last night. If obesity is a disease, why are so many obese people healthy? In comparison to the metabolically obese. That's the scary part. And what they were finding is that this is going to... I, I don't know if I have a slide in here that shows, shows this, but they did, they did a study and what they found was that the people who were metabolically obese, when they were diagnosed with diabetes, were two times more likely to die than the person who had obesity and was diagnosed with diabetes. And one of the theories, and this is one of the theories that the scientists are saying was, it's because once you reach a state of chronic disease, that illness needs more energy to function. So if a person is obese, they have more stored energy, so now they can survive longer. I, I still lean on the fact that their body has, because of their, their lack of ability to balance out biochemically, as far as pH and toxicity, that's what's decreasing. And that's why they reach the state of metabolic obesity rather than clinical obesity. So rather than manifesting obesity, they, they jumped the gun and went just straight to biochemical imbalances. That's, that's what I think. Uh, you guys may have seen this headline this past week. So there's a lady. <laughs> I had to laugh when I saw this. So she the story behind it is she walks into her doctor's office and she's complaining of like chest pains. Okay? So the doctor starts asking <clears throat> her normal questions, you know, all these things. And he asks her, finally asks her, how much water do you drink a day? And she goes, I have never drank water for the last 16 years. So she hasn't drank water for 16 years. I'm like, okay. Then they ask her, what did you drink for the last 16 years? She said, I drank Coke every single day 
for 16 years. You guys ever did the experiment with Coke where like you put a bone in a, in a glass of Coke and you go come the next day and the bone's no longer there? There's a reason. Here's this lady suffering from heart problems and she's drinking Coke for the last 16 years. So they did her blood work and they found she had extremely low potassium level. Stay with me here. When they did EKGs on her, she had an erratic heartbeat. The crazy thing is that she had no family history of heart disease. How many of you, you know, you've heard people or you even say this, well, this just runs in my family. You ever heard that? Here's what we found in the Human Genome Project. If you're human, all diseases run in your family. It doesn't matter because you have the genes for all the diseases. So we knocked out the whole family history kind of thing. You know what we came up to find? Was that it has nothing to do with your family genetics. It has everything to do with your family lifestyle. You're more prone to eat what your parents ate. You're more prone to have that lifestyle that your parents had. So yeah, it is a family disease, but it has nothing to do with your genes. It has everything to do with what you're doing to your genes. So genes are basically like light switches. You gotta turn, you have something that turns it on or off. The one thing that turns it on, or, or the bad genes that turns on all the time is toxicity. You change toxins, toxin levels in, in, in the body, you can guarantee turn on those diseases. And she had no hormonal issues. So basically when they measured all of her stuff, she was completely normal. But look at that. They measured her blood work and her potassium levels were low. Potassium is one of the main minerals in your body that fights off acidity. But your body needs a lot, a lot, a lot of potassium for soda. In order for us to neutralize like a cup of carbonated beverages, it would take 32 gallons of pH 10 water. 32 gallons. How many of you drink 32 gallons of water every single day? You would die if you drank 32 gallons of water. But that's how much you need to neutralize it. So your body is working overtime. So there's no wonder that her potassium levels were in the bucket. Now potassium is needed to have a regular heartbeat. So you have millions of people who suffer from cardiac arrhythmias. That was the part of my research is we looked at cardiac arrhythmias. If the majority of them is caused because of pH imbalances, isn't it safe to say that if we balance our pH, we may have a return to normal in cardiac function? Cardiac, your heart, your heart is just a muscle. So one of the things where that you know, alkali does is it helps muscle fatigue and muscle soreness. The only reason why you get muscle fatigue and muscle soreness is that the muscles aren't firing properly. So get the acidity out of your system, you get a proper functioning muscles. Your heart will function normal. So really quickly, your body can't keep up when your body goes into a state of acidity because it has to constantly buffer all those things. So it goes into the alkaline reserves and these, there's two major places, your bones and your teeth. So we could wipe out the entire dental industry of periodontal disease by getting everybody's pH balance. And we can wipe out the whole osteoporosis and put Sally Fields out of, out of work. She won't be able to market Boniva anymore by getting everybody's pH balance. Osteoporosis is not a Boniva deficiency. You know, it's, it's a, a pH um, imbalance. So the calcium is coming out of your bones and you're leaching all of these things to balance out acidity. And the funny thing is that even if you take x-rays, it won't show it unless the bones have been depleted over 40%. So you can be in a state of osteoporosis and not even know it. Here's how we start the road to dysfunction. There's a couple things that we, we got to look at here. We need good nutrients going into our body. On a daily basis, we're taking in toxins. 
you know, we live in LA, Orange County, you see air, you're not supposed to see air. You're not supposed to taste water too. But there's all kinds of funky chemicals that we're being exposed to. And stress. How many of you guys are married? That's the number one stressor. Number one stressor is the death of a loved one. Number two stressor is the getting married. Kind of in a rock and a hard place there. So we got your stressors. Now, when we look at, you know, you're taking in um, nutrients into your body, taking in toxins. Your body is going through nutrient deficiencies. Your body's creating acidity. Your body's creating toxins while taking in toxins. You know, my mentors always taught me to be a holistic practitioner. You should be able to handle any type of case that walks through your door. And, and, and I, then I, I used to come and say, wow, I really am a holistic physician because I treat patients with a whole list of problems. You know, people come in with all these different things. They have different names, but they all have the same cause. You guys see what I'm getting at? And this is what I educate, you know, my, my patients on, especially my chronically ill patients. they got to have a strict routine. I just got done in the office this morning with um, I'm treating a guy who's been suffering with multiple sclerosis for the last, I'd say, about five years. And for those of you who don't know what multiple sclerosis does to your body, it kind of like shuts off your nervous system. It makes you have aches and pains, like shock-like pains, like you're getting electrocuted in your arms and your legs. So he was to a point where he couldn't stand up and walk. And he was like, when you looked at him, you knew that something was wrong. I mean, he was just gaining ridiculous amounts of weight. So I've been working with them for the past two months. And they came in today, and they come in, and they're pushing their bikes into my office. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they go, oh, we feel so great now. We're actually going to ride in the MS bike ride and raise money for MS awareness. I was like... A month ago, you couldn't walk. Now you're riding a bike. I mean, he's like full Lance Armstrong get up and everything. I'm looking at him, and he looks like a bike rider. I mean, he over the past two months, he dropped somewhere about 85 pounds. Now, that was cool. But the cool part is that he's like, I got function back in my legs. I can ride a bike now. Like, I couldn't walk 10 feet before. And now he's riding 30 miles a day. I don't even think I could ride like five miles. I got a hard time driving from Orange County to LA. You know? <laughs> Here's this guy that's riding 30 miles. And it's because this is what I basically laid out for them. I says, you gotta have a routine that you stick to. You know, just like everything in life, you gotta have a routine for your health. And you gotta be an active participant in your health. Because if you don't be an active participant, you're gonna be a passive participant in disease. So here's some points to remember. Right? Even if you're at your ideal weight, you still have to take an active role got to be actively participating there. So here's your formula for health. This is one of the most important slides you'll see. I lied to you about the other slide. This is the most important slide. <laughs> follow this formula. You guys follow this formula? You guys will stay well. You guys won't have to spend like a bajillion dollars <coughs> on medications and surgeries and all that stuff. Now, I'm not saying that this will, this will cure like uh, uh, if your arm falls off or you get hit by a car or whatever. But overall health. Taking good quality nutrients. Decrease the amount of toxins you're being exposed to. The majority of the toxins that we're exposed to, believe it or not, is by choice. If you're drinking alcohol every single day, stop doing that. If you're smoking every single day, stop doing that. Toxins also come in the form of thoughts. There's a great book called Molecules of Emotion by Candace Pert. She's a molecular biologist, and what she studied was how people's thoughts actually translate into proteins. So she would actually look at people 
and have them think about all these negative things, and she could actually see the exact same protein being formed over and over. So a lot of people, when they're in a state of negativity, are forming these, these proteins that are actually toxifying your system. It's not some meta metaphysical voodoo. It's actually biochemical actions that is taking place. Did you ever feel, hear people say, oh man, I, after having like a fight or something like that, you just don't feel good? Yes, because you formed all of these different proteins that's making your body feel like that. <coughs> the toxins also come in the form of thoughts. Okay? So take in least amount of toxins. Get rid of as many toxins as possible. So toxins, remember I said, comes in the form of physical and emotional. So if you're hanging around toxic people, get them out. <laughs> it wasn't until I, I, I went to college and then we had a nutritionist come in and she showed us like these McDonald's fries and a burger. And I said, okay, what's so special about that? And she goes, well, I've had this for the last 10 years and it still looks the same as the day that I bought it. <laughs> that freaked me out. And I said, I'm never touching that again. But I thank you guys so much for your attention and I hope you guys take, it, take this and share this with other people. Thanks. So the key is to view health from the state of the cell. Now, what exactly does that mean? Well, it means that if the cell is functioning well, then the body is functioning well. And that begs the question of, well, what does the cell need to function well? So here's a small list of the foundational things that I instruct my patients on what they need for optimal cellular function. So there's five things that I consider these uh, foundational things. Uh, there are more than this, but these are the five main ones that I think that if you focus on, you'll get your cells to the place that it needs to be. So number one is exposure to the proper fields, right? If you guys have been around me long enough, you guys have seen um, my videos, or if you guys have been on any of my courses, you know that I talk about the fields a lot. Now, there are a couple main fields that I want to address here. Is One is the electromagnetic fields created by the brain. This is the thoughts that you create because your body responds to those thoughts and the thoughts that's created in your brain creates an electromagnetic field. And then the emotions that you experience and express seated in your heart. So your heart and your brain are the two main organs that are creating huge amounts of electromagnetic fields. And with these fields, you're going to see an impact upon how the body is functioning. So if you create optimal fields through your thinking, through your emotions, your body is going to respond accordingly. Now, the next one that we talk about a lot is your exposure to light. So how much sun are you getting exposed to? Are you getting adequate amounts of sun? Are you getting too much sun? Because that can be an issue as well. Are you being exposed to the uh, improper lights, artificial lights at night, artificial lights during the day? Do you not see the sun at all because you're being stuck inside staring at a computer screen underneath fluorescent lights? All those things start to affect how the cells are functioning. The obvious one when people think about when we talk about fields is electromagnetic fields in the non-native form. So these are things like cell radiation, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, all of the man-made stuff that has a huge impact 
upon how the cells are functioning. So number two are adequate amounts of nutrients. This is pretty obvious. People understand this part, adequate amounts of nutrients. Now, what people don't understand is when we start talking about the diet wars, and in my opinion, they all kind of work. And a lot of the diets that I see people on are what we call corrective diets. These are basically elimination diets. And that's really the reason why people get better on a certain type of diet that they go on is because they're eliminating some of the things that either may, they may be reactive to causing inflammation or they are just not nutritive foods, All right? So that's why a lot of these diets work. So there's the corrective diets. And then on top of that is the nutritive diets or the stuff that provides you with the proper nutrients. So this is the stuff that, you know, Weston A. Price wrote about in his book, uh, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, where he went all around the world studying all these tribes and what allowed them to maintain their health. So if you haven't read that book, go and read that book. Phenomenal book. Uh, great nutritional research study. Uh, another great book is Deep Nutrition. And that goes into the human diet. So those types of diets are what humans have thrived on for thousands and thousands of years. So that's what gives our body the adequate and proper amounts of, of nutrients. And then people want to talk about supplementation. I talk about that a lot, you know, in, in our Wellness Academy tribe about what things support the mitochondria. That's what I want you to focus on as far as nutrients is what will support the mitochondria. Oh, and then also... Uh, one other thing that I always talk about is what supports the cellular membrane. So those are some of the, uh, the things you want to address there. Now, the third one is adequate hydration, getting enough water. Now, this is very, very simple. I don't want you guys to get too, too bogged down on this stuff. Okay, so here's how I list it. Spring water is at the top. And then you got your filtered, purified water. I like reverse osmosis systems. Currently, there are a few on the market. There are the ones that you can attach under your sink. And we use the AquaTrue unit. It does a fairly decent job. It's very affordable as well. Then right below that would be just a filtration unit. You know, you have the water pitchers and countertop filtration systems with the charcoal and all that kind of stuff. Those do well as well. And then at the, at the bottom of it all would just be bottled water. Not to say that any of those are, are bad, uh, if that's what your current state can uh, can you can afford, do what you can. The main thing is getting in water as much as possible because your cells need water. The purer the water, obviously, the better. Number four, the cells need proper stimulus. When we talk about stimulus, we're, we're talking about stress, by the way. The cells actually need a type of stress. But if it goes over stress, then that can become detrimental. So that what we call eustress is actually great or what we call hormetic uh, stressors. And then there's distress where the cells just can't keep up with that demand. So hormetic stressors could be something like, like infrared saunas or getting exposed to the cold, um, doing intermittent fasting, all those types of things help to give that stimulus to the cell. Again, exercise is a big one. Everybody knows that. You can get too much exercise, you can get too little. So I always talk to my patients about that Goldilocks principle right? Not, not too much, not too little. It's just, just right, just right in the middle. And then number five is the effective removal of toxins and infections. And I go really deep into the removal of toxins and infections in the Total Hormonal Harmony course. If you wanted to dive deeper into that, I give you the entire protocol on what you need to be doing to do that effectively. 
Now, if you've been struggling with weight issues, fat just kind of sticks around, very difficult to get that off, I created a course called The Four Pillars of Weight Loss where I walk you through a six-module course that will give you the information and, and the protocols on what I've been using with patients to get them from point A to point B. It'll give you an insight onto what things you may be doing wrong and certain certain things that you can implement. So if you wanted to watch the webinar, I have a webinar replay that you can you can view. Uh, it's it's at the www.tripleplayperformance.com forward slash four the number four four pillars webinar. So tripleplayperformance.com forward slash four pillars webinar. You're going to be able to watch a 45-minute webinar where I go over the three common mistakes people are making when trying to lose weight. And then if you're interested in jumping into the course, the Four Pillars of Webinar, uh, Four Pillars of Weight Loss course, I have a special discount code for you. For listening to this podcast, making it this far in the podcast, I have a special discount code. So the course is typically $397. As a listener of the podcast, I'm giving you a discount code. Okay, the, write, write this down. Skinny Podcast. Okay, Skinny Podcast is your discount code. When you go to the checkout page, you enter in that code. And remember, I said that it costs $397. It'll be yours for $67. So you'll get a $330 discount off of the retail price um, if you are currently listening to this. So this is an offer just for you as a podcast listener. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a five-star review. Connect with me on Instagram at TripleBladeDoc. Stay tuned for more episodes. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the entire world. Till the next episode, be well and aloha.